Howdy, and welcome to Christian Radio. My name is Christian Heiner. Thanks for tuning in. On this episode of Christian Radio, I sit down with my good friend Jim Escobar. Jim is the owner, founder, and principal architect at New Design Architecture in Meridian, Idaho. Jim is an extremely dynamic, awesome dude, and aside from running a great firm with a great team, he, he's working on a side project that he's called Architecting Your Life, where he's talking about passion and, and how human beings can use their potential to, to live their lives in a, in a, in a better way. It's, it's how he runs his business and how he runs his life, and it's, it's a really, really cool thing that he's working on, and I had a great time talking to him about it, and I'm really excited for you to hear about it. So enjoy this episode with Jim, and I will see you on the other side. And then I push the button, and we're now we're recording. <laughs> so what's up, everybody? Uh, Christian Heiner here with Christian Radio. I'm sitting here with my good friend Jim Escobar, the owner and principal architect of New Design Architecture in Meridian, Idaho. Jim, how are you, man? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So be- be- before we push the red play record button, we're, we've been talking about some stuff. And I know J- Jim is an incredibly talented architect, and he's been in the game a long, long time. We could sit here and talk about architecture and you know projects and stuff probably all day long but I, I don't think we're gonna do that Jim is working on some other stuff that that I didn't really know about till just now that I'm super duper excited to hear about um, but just just to back up just a touch Jim why don't you give, give everybody give me just a little bit of a background on your kind of professional history where'd you go to school how'd you how'd you get into architecture sure so yeah I'm a proud vandal proud vandal and I, I wear my colors strong here in awesome. the valley yep but I also support BSU too so yeah that's that's it's, it is good the, for Idaho. Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm in, in our office here. I am the the lone donko in our office. Oh, and lit- no, yeah. Literally, everyone else went to the University <laughs> of Idaho, so I'm, 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 I'm very familiar. <laughs> um, you know, I just I knew when I was a little boy, I wanted to be an architect. I don't know why. It just happened to be. There's yeah. a story there, but um, so I was able to just take great steps in high school through my college career, working at different firms. I mean, I, w- I was working at a firm right out of high school, nice. uh, the, starting my internship process. And that yeah. was great for my growth through through training. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to just explore all different types of firms and their structures mm-hmm. and what was the right fit because there is a part of me that always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and run my own uh, show and understand though yeah. what, what exists out in the world and who's doing it the best, most effective ways. Sure. Doing it as in the business of architecture. Yeah. So how were you originally exposed to architecture? Were, were your folks architects or how, how did you know that, like literally until I was a, like an adult, I didn't know that being an architect was a thing. Like, I didn't <laughs> know that was a thing that people really were. So how, how did you become, you know, how, how did you learn that's, that was a thing? Well, my, my dad was um, a, a welder. He was a pipe fitter. So cool. we were always building stuff at our house. There was always a project going on while my buddies were off playing at the the water slides I was doing building a deck or building a house or a garage or whatever it was nice so I was just exposed to a lot of hands-on um, uh, construction in my life cool and when I was little I said dad I want to be a general contractor someday yeah and that's when he said no 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 <laughs> no you don't no no look at my knees look at my back I can't totally. hardly climb a ladder anymore you, you like to draw you like to build go be an architect so there, seven nice. years old, that seed was planted, that That's thought awesome. seed that grew. That's super cool. That's super cool. So your firm, New Design, based here in Meridian, um, you, you guys have, you have grown that into a, a, a formidable firm. How, how many people do you guys have in there now? Uh, we're 
pushing pretty close to 40 folks right that's now. Amazing. That's awesome. That's yeah. that's a decent sized firm for sure. It's It's been super exciting because uh, it really resonates with, with a core value that I have inside of myself, which yeah. is a uh, fundamental goal I have is I want to touch as many people's lives in as positive of a way so as I cool. possibly can. And right now in this stage of my journey, I get that opportunity through business. Yeah, that's awesome. So so let's let's definitely talk about that. So you've been doing some speaking and and like writing a book, I presume. Are, are you <laughs> like tell tell me about that? Tell me about 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 that that motivation. I, I, I super want to hear about that. So when you take something down to the root core, for me, when you ask the why question mm -hmm. and you understand the why behind what you're doing, there is no task that's daunting or difficult or sure. problematic. It all depends upon how we engage, how we choose to engage through our free will with the situation at hand. Or in other words, this glass of water, this glass of water is neither good nor bad. Yet to one person, it may be bad because I'm going to pour it over your head. Therefore, sure. your perception is bad. But maybe you were really hot and me pouring it over your head just <laughs> was, was like relief. Thing. So maybe it was actually good. Sure. But the identity that the glass of water doesn't contain good or bad, but that's the perception inside the individual to choose how they want to engage with the identity of that object. That's the power that I feel like our culture doesn't even know that they have. Sure. That free will to discern whether or not they're finding joy in their life or if they're finding pain. Wow. That that I mean that's that's a super super powerful thing. So how did you I mean, have you been reading stuff or like, like really what, what kind of opened your eyes to that? Or was, it, or was it just completely in your own head and your own heart that, you know what, we need to be more positive about stuff? <laughs> well, it goes back to my childhood again. I asked a lot of questions when I was a kid. Nice. Um, I can remember speaking with my grandma when I was 12 years old and I asked her um, what she thought about hell because I was raised in a Catholic family okay. and that was a pretty common That's subject. That's a super fair question, yeah. Yeah. And she told me she didn't believe in hell. And I thought, oh my gosh, here you are, the head of my family, and you don't believe in hell. Yeah. But the, the priest talks about it every Sunday. Totally. And um, she said, no, I, I have my own belief systems. This is the reason why. And it was at that moment, as a 12-year-old kid, asking those questions, I was able to realize nobody really had the corner on the market. Yeah. Because every individual has a different belief system sure. that frames their engagement with the world. So it sent me through quite a whirlwind as a, as a young boy yeah. of going atheist, not believing in anything in the world, to finally discovering, no, I'd rather believe in love and purpose, and I'd rather believe that there is something out there. So I researched everything I could get my hands on. Yeah. I spent a good 10 to 15 years studying every religion, studying every philosophy I could find, any uh, books, uh, just whatever I can absorb, yeah. only to realize at the end of that whole journey Nobody really had the corner on the market, but everybody does. Because almost everybody's talking about the journey of life and how we choose to engage with it. Sure. And that love or good feels a lot better than bad and misery. Without a doubt. I, I just kind of got goosebumps as you said that, dude. That's, I mean, that's so true. Yeah. So that's now I, I take that and I've been uh, building a business and I've been applying a bunch of those principles that reside inside of me yeah. into the business, such as our core values, our four core values at New Design. Number one is joy. And that there's no point in doing anything if you're not doing it with a smile on your face sure. and purpose in your heart. Um, number two being freedom with accountability. And that we all are free-willed creatures intending to go out and engage with the world in our own manner 
And as long as we hold accountability into the situation, we can be find, find so much more power in our engagement of the world. That's so cool. And then the third, being success driven and that anything worth doing is worth doing right because this is your life and the most precious commodity is your time. And then the fourth being eager to grow, meaning eager that you show an engagement and an excitement to improve your journey and how you engage with the world and growth and that you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. Sure. Sure. I mean, I mean, uh, kind of along those lines here at Stack Rock Group, and we have a saying, if it's not fun, you're not doing it right. Like, <laughs> work, I mean, inherently work is, it's not called playtime or whatever, it's called work. But, to your point, I mean, there's a way to do it to where it's joyful and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And for us to get to work, you know, do, I mean, in our industry, we get to do and work on really cool stuff. We do. I mean, create stuff out of nothing mm -hmm. all, all day long and be creative and hang out in a big open room with our friends every day. And so if, <laughs> if we're not having fun doing that, we're, we're not doing it right, right. For, for sure. So I've, I've been to your office a number of times, obviously, and I mean, you have, you know, you have all your, you know, I've seen your core values up in your conference room and, you know, and all over your office. How, you know, for, from a business owner, how do you, you know, other than putting it up and just saying, and we're back. <laughs> so we 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 just we just found a a technical glitch in 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 how I'm how I'm doing this. So so anyway, we were uh, we were talking about it, it Jim's office and you know with, with the, his core values, how they're you know hung up in his office. And, and and my question was, you know, I'm curious how you know what what you do, you know, as a business owner, as a leader in your firm, to to impart those values on everybody and really and how everybody else you know, really, you know, really perceives that and how, how that, you know, how that affects the culture in your firm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, fundamentally for the core values, it's a very important part of every day's discussions. Yeah. So we tie lots of things and I hear the core values coming up in communication daily, um, certainly coming out of my mouth daily yeah. because we hire, fire, reward and punish by the core values. Sure. And we, we leverage that as a tool for us to help explain to our team how and why those core values are important in particular situations. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say fundamentally, we just talk about it a lot. It's, sure. it's a part it's, of it's our that, culture. It's that simple. We, we Not talk something about it. sitting in a book, you yeah. know, it's on the wall. And Read it's this being when you discussed. have time. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's, that's cool. And, and everybody in there is, is pretty perceptive to it? Yeah. In fact, we've, uh, we, it's, it's interesting. When you build a team from the start with the core principles of, of what yeah. the way we were built, sure. um, they they weed out and they self manage their newcomers onto the team. That's awesome. Um, and so when we go through the interview, the hiring process, uh, we pay really close attention, more so to the individual's ability to click into our culture yeah. and philosophies than we do on their skill sets. Oh sure, I believe skill sets can be taught. Totally, but totally. the the core essence of the human being. If yeah. you're just a grumpy person, it's, it, that's a lot harder you're, to change. You're, you're not going to fit in around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're not going to fit with the, the fundamental totally. of joy. Totally. You, yeah, you, you might be the most technically proficient, you know, Revit person or whatever. But yeah, but like I said, if, if you're a grumpy old dude, like you're you're not going to do well here. <laughs> like we, we're, we're not going to like you and you're not going to like us. That's right. Totally. We want it to be a fit. We, I mean, we around here, we, we do the same thing. We're not quite as, as regimented in you, in, in this as you are, but... Talking to you makes me want to be more regimented in that, because um, I mean, I, obviously, I know inherently, I know the importance of that stuff. But and you know, we have our uh, you know employee handbook, we have all that stuff spelled out, but we uh -huh. don't, you know, we don't have that stuff up where we can see it, where our client can see it, where everybody can can, can really know that you know this is how we live every single day. Right. And and hearing you say that, man, like really, because that's always kind of been in the back of my head that we you know we should put that stuff up, we should you know talk about this stuff more. But now you know, knowing the people in your firm, you know, working with you guys as long as we have, like. That makes so much sense because I mean it's it's so apparent that you know in, in in my interactions with your folks like everybody is pretty darn happy and super into what they're doing and and 
not everybody's like that for sure. Yeah. Like it's, 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 that's not, that's not normal. Well, we asked those questions as to why are you spending eight hours a day here? What, yeah. this is a, a third of your life. Yeah. It, it's not a pause button. How you engage with your day job Absolutely. with those core values in mind yeah. is fundamental to your experience as a human creature Absolutely. getting this opportunity to live life. That's so cool. Yeah. Because like I said, I mean, Jeremy and a lot, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, all the folks in your firm that I, you know, interact with really regularly, I mean, they clearly are, are, are living that. That's man. good. So you, that's, yeah, that's that's super cool. And, and when you say you hear people, you know, having these conversations in there and, and, and they're almost self-policing each other, what is, like, I can't, I, I would, you've got to just be so excited to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you work hard to be able to define what these things are. You talk about it. Yeah, you do your best to make sure it permeates your team. But when you see that reflection coming back yeah. to you through their own chosen that's actions so cool. and engagement, uh, it's, it's really rewarding because yeah. it means that what we're doing is successful for all of these individuals that get the opportunity to work with that. Absolutely. And, and do you see, you know, because obviously, you know, you guys have clients in your office all the time and they see all this stuff and they hear you guys talking about it. Have you ever had any, any you know, real feedback from clients about, about working with you guys and how, how it's, it's different because of that? Yeah. Yeah. We get that comment quite a bit. And what's also interesting is we get the comment on the other end of the stick too. And that there's sometimes clients that maybe are just out for money or maybe just out to support and build their own egos. Sure. Those clients don't tend to resonate very well with our team. It's the clients that are out for the goodness of what they're doing mm -hmm. and the totality of the win-win situations with everybody involved. Yeah. Those clients are super successful and are long-term lifers with, for sure. with our firm. For sure. I mean, I mean, we're the same way. I mean, there's, you know, kind of like we we're talking about before, there's a very few projects every year for us that, you know, don't go quite the way we would like and the way they would like. It's such a small percentage, but the vast majority of the clients that we have, you know, we do a lot of, we're a little bit different from you guys where we do a lot of residential stuff. And most people who do a, you know, are gonna hire a landscape architecture firm to design a landscape, they're gonna do that one time in their life, maybe twice. Uh -huh. But a lot of the other, you know, a lot of our repeat clients, you know, corporations, architecture firms, developers, it's really rare for us to only do one project with somebody. Uh -huh. and, and, and like I said, it's not because we're, as regimented in our values as you guys are, but we do have those and, and, we, and we live live them for sure. Yeah. So, And I think what our clients get to see is that we honestly do care about them. We yeah. honestly want to see them in a win situation. We honestly want to see the general contractor in a win situation. Yeah. And that's our job as a facilitator of the whole process to make sure that that's the foundation we're building a partnership approach on with the whole team. Which which is so awesome to hear you say that because you know, being in our industry as long as we have, and I mean and you I mean I know you know this, that historically there's been such a contentious relationship between, you know, the designers and the contractors and and, and that's so cool that by by doing what you're doing that's it's alleviating some of some of that contention. Yeah. And that goes right back to my dad of growing up and hearing, Oh yeah. those damn engineers, oh those they don't damn, know what they're talking damn about. Damn architects. They don't exactly so that's why it was important for me to make sure that I had my hands dirty. I worked in the trades. Yeah. I can do all of that scope of work. I've been in those tight little spaces trying to bend a piece of wire around yep. some two by fours in the corner of a wall. Um, knowing that and being that and then exposing that with our team and having a lot of design build relationships with our team yeah. is fundamental for the architect side is to make sure that we understand the reality of what construction actually has to manage. Totally. And we, you know, I grew up in landscape construction, will grew up in landscape construction. I mean, I worked for a landscape contractor from the time I was 15 until I graduated from Boise State. So, <laughs> so for me to be back in the landscape world, it's, it's so funny, like full, full circle. Like people, <laughs> the dude that I, he used to have a landscape construction company, he works for a supply house and I was a sales manager for the, you know, this big network of supply houses. 
I talk to that dude all the time. Like, and I've literally known him since I was a kid, since I was 15. That's awesome. Like, I remember when he didn't have kids, and his kids are now like in college. So it's 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 super funny the way that works. And and like I said, coming from construction, understanding it in our industry is so important. And historically, that wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I mean, we get probably just like you guys, we get resumes from dozens, especially starting right about this time of the year, resumes from tons of kids from universities all over the country you know looking for internship opportunities looking for employment opportunities and and we we don't do much of that because mm-hmm. we we tell all the kids hey your internship should be working for a landscape contractor mm-hmm. go spend the summer go work for a contractor understand how to build irrigation understand what it takes to you know put pavers down how to grade stuff because i mean looking at grades on you know on on a plant set is all well and good but until you know really what the, what that means yeah it doesn't really matter and the only in the landscape stuff, and a lot, I mean, a lot of you know, building construction stuff too. It's the same until you until you get your hands on it and you know what that means. Uh-huh. You don't you don't know what it means. Uh-huh. So yeah, so we tell kids that all the time. That I mean, everybody out here has at least worked in, in construction for a summer or two. Uh-huh. And that's and I think that's so important for kids to do that. Totally. And, and so for you being an architect that, that that gets that, I mean, you're you're one of very few around that that has been in construction that long and really understands it. Well, I. I always found that the master builder idea or the way that we used to maybe do architecture before the mid 1800s, yeah. um, when that builder was the architect and on the job site daily mm-hmm. and the, the passion and, and uniqueness of the detailing and everything that yep. can go into it, that always intrigued me. So that's totally. why that's why I did design build for so long. And then I even did my own company as design build for mm-hmm. a number of years yeah. until until the market got crazy. Sure. But um, it really just helped me become a smarter, better, engaged architect. That's awesome. So so until fairly recently, you guys were doing design build, like actually build stuff out of yeah. design? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize. Yeah, well, I did it under a, a, a different name. And oh, okay. I, because I, I didn't want to necessarily have any clients feel like I was competing with them. Because sure. I have a lot of great clients and great relationships. Absolutely. But every now and then, there'd be somebody walking in the door that'd say, you know, I really like what you're doing. Do you know, can you build my house or can you build my whatever? Yeah. Um, so I just leveraged that opportunity for a number of years and built a lot of things in the process. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. So you said you have uh, about 40 people in your shop now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you guys are big into the, the modular world. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me a little bit about that, about how, how do you get into modular and, and where do you kind of see that going? We started doing modular probably eight years ago for mm-hmm. Gurdon and Which was Boise. pretty early on for, for that. Yeah, for that, that type of modular, mm-hmm. right? Going commercial, doing hotels. Yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I have always enjoyed hotels because of the repeatability, and I used to do it in, when I worked for other firms, yep. so I was very familiar with it already. But to, to put it into a module-type um, development, construction, totally made sense. Yeah. So I was excited and intrigued, built a lot of projects that way. Cool. Um, and then about three years ago, I think the light bulb finally shined for me. And yeah. I saw, oh my gosh, the smartness and intelligence of our programming, the intelligence of programming and taking that information into robotics, mm-hmm. the intelligence of an assembly line production method. I just saw so much opportunity in what the future has, what we have coming up ahead of us. Yeah. We have buildings that are going to be built primarily in factories. Yeah. And it's just like Ford and the assembly line. There were guys standing there with welders, but eventually that turned to robotics. Sure. And I think the same thing's happening right now in the modular industry where we're going to see a lot of manufacturing plants turning to robotics, which is going to put a lot more pressure into the design industry to leverage the right tools sure. and um, to 
have the right awareness and knowledge of what modular construction requires for it to be as effective as yeah. it can be. And when you say the right tools, what, what are those tools? Uh, the right tools of um, understanding where and why we would do things, understanding the tolerances of what the factories and the shipping it has to deal with, yeah. understanding um, the right tools such as 3D software. Because if we're, we do 100% of our projects in Revit, mm -hmm. and I don't think that that's very common for architecture firms. Usually they have some Revit experienced individuals, but they're not all functional. Not 100%, yeah. So, but we did that because we had a client that told us we had to do that. Yeah. And okay, yes, Mr. <laughs> client. That's what we're doing. There's a $65,000 cheese processing facility yeah. that has impacted our business significantly because I saw how much value the 3D environment brought to us mm -hmm. in speed and our delivery of the product. Um, which allowed us to be more competitive in yeah. our bidding of numbers on projects. And anyway, I saw all that come to fruition. So when I say right tools, you have to be using the 3D software because sure. the intelligence is what we're going after. Absolutely, and, and, and the the whole 3D world, you know, for us, you know, as a landscape architecture firm, has changed how I mean, it's changed how we design. It's changed, you know, what our clients expect from us. Uh -huh. and, and like I said, I mean, it's it, I, I feel like it's made every it, it makes everything better. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. when a client who maybe isn't as informed as us when we look at a set of plans, for them to put on the VR goggles, oh, that that's such a wonderful. Moment. Oh my gosh, to totally. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, we have lived in architecture and construction for a long time. I mean, we can look at plans and you know know what's going on. Yeah. The vast majority of people in the world can't do that. Yeah. And and we and we figured that out really really quick. Yeah. We can really show you know not show people plans, but show or even you know two D you know kind of you know hand rendered stuff, which uh -huh. which is good. You know, some perspective stuff or whatever. But as soon as we can start showing them that stuff in three D and like I said, putting the goggles on them, that changes everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. So so modular so. Do you, do you see modular, you know, sticking to like hotels and hospitals or do you think a lot of commercial construction will go that way? I, I think we're going to see a lot. I, I want to say the numbers are just under 3% of the construction industry right now. That's it? built construction industry is modular. Crazy. As, as much press as, and as much as I hear about modular all the time, I would have thought it was way more than that. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Be because I think people can perceive or their gut intuition sees the value that modular can sure. bring into a project. It's, yep. it's speed to market value. It's uh, congruency with the design team in getting into construction. Um, and it's uh, it's the cost of construction is another one. So yeah. as we continue to see labor shortages out totally. in the construction industry, yep. um, we're gonna continue to see prices to go up on the, on the labor side. Sure. So the more we can build in a factory or build even with automation, uh, the more cost effective it's gonna be. And it's, my gut says it's gonna be a large percentage, like at least a third of the built construction world is going to be modular within probably the next 10 years. Interesting. I mean, I, I hadn't really thought, you know, until you said that, I hadn't really thought about that, but like, say like a, you know, whatever fast food restaurant, like they're all pr across the country, they're pretty much, you know, if it's whatever brand, yep. it's the same as the one that's in St. Louis, Missouri. Right. So, I mean, they effectively could build a whole bunch of those, those restaurants in a factory somewhere. And then effectively, you know, and then install the, install them on site. Right, and then you get the consistency that yeah. a, that a name brand like that requires, and you can deliver it to a job site buttoned up. Yeah, I mean, literally, I we did a setting up in Pullman at a hotel that we designed up there, mm -hmm. and they set an entire floor in a four-hour period with a grandstand of people from Marriott sitting yeah. there watching it. They went to lunch, they came back from lunch, they walked the entire floor, art on the walls, furniture in the corners. Everything done except for where the connection tie-ins were for the MEP systems yep. or for the structural systems. Sheetrock on the walls, painted, light fixtures hanging, everything. Amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and by doing it that way, I mean, you're not, I would think that maybe one of the, you know, arguments to doing it that way is, well, the quality wouldn't be the same because they're not building it on site, right? 
I mean, but the quality is probably better. The quality's better because yeah. it's got to ship down the road and deal with all those uh, uh, live loads yeah. uh, of lateral movement. And, yep, yep. Um, and we have to do a lot of additional uh, shear panels so that we can keep that structure consistent. Okay. We don't have sheetrock cracks when they arrive on the dock sure, side. Sure. So the quality's better. The sound transmission is better. Yeah. You have double walls because you have modules that are sitting next to modules. Yeah. You have double floor and, and ceiling assemblies. So you, you, that sound transference doesn't occur the way it occurs in typical site-built construction. Yeah. And the speed to market. Imagine putting together a hotel in a month versus a, a nine-month build period. Totally. And that means they've got eight months of revenue coming in from sure. leasability of all the rooms. So why why is everything not built that way? I think people haven't picked up on it. But when you see people like Marriott and Hilton yeah. that have committed to a certain percentage of their new hotels, yeah. they're going to be modular next year or over the next three or ten years. I forget what their sure. metrics were. but. The, it's starting to catch some attention. That's so crazy, because yeah, I mean, I mean, knowing that yeah, it's speed to market, you're gonna get it done quicker. I mean, with any, I mean, whether you're a, you know, taco selling restaurant or a Marriott, I mean, the earlier you're open, and the earlier you're filling those rooms up and selling those tacos, the yeah. quicker you're gonna be, you know, making money. Yeah, because that's what those. I mean, that's why they're building those is to make money. Yeah. So why? I mean, what? Why? Yeah. Why would people not do that? <laughs> like that's that's just so crazy. You know, the architecture community has not accepted it very well because they feel like it's almost. Um, an impediment to their free will, their freedom in design. Sure. And and I always see construction and, and design is loaded with opportunities, Absolutely. is what we always call them. Sure. Um, there's unique nuances, but we can leverage those for cooler, better things. It's not a it's not a, a burden or a pain placed yeah. upon the process. It's actually an opportunity for us to say, okay, well, we have to work within these parameters. How do we manage those parameters in the most effective way? Which is the same thing no matter what you're designing or building anywhere, you have to work within parameters. Yeah. Be it budget parameters, being what the city will let you do, be it what your client, you know, is willing to accept as cool or what or whatever. Like there's always parameters. Yep. Just that's a different set. Just a whole different kind of product. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that all the time here that, I mean, that's kind of what we do is figure out what the parameters are and design within and try to push those parameters. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So I want to, I want to back up and talk a little bit more about, about kind of what you've been doing speaking wise and, and, and all that. So you said, so with the, what, what do you, what do you call that? Like what you're, what you're talking about? Like, what, is, do you have a name for it? Like a, like a catchphrase? <laughs> Uh, there's a few few other names that other people are using out there. Like there's the the um, Heart Math Institute that talks about uh, uh, brain heart coherence. There, um, th that's one word. I've been calling it architecting your life. Architecting because your it, life. it's it's about being intentional in how you design your engagement with every breath that you take. Sure. And when you can understand some basic philosophies, your life can change significantly for mm -hmm. the better. And so that's why I say architecting your life and that it's not just about the heart-brain connection, but it's about other basic core philosophies that I have been able to learn through the massive amount of, of research I've yeah. done and study I've done that I want to be able to give these nuggets to other people so that they yeah. can have it and live in such a more joyous and successful life. Yeah. So, so, so how, 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 yeah, how, how are you giving these nuggets to people? <laughs> Where are you, like, are you blowing up Twitter with this stuff all day or like, how are, like, what's, what's your program? I, I'm just on the edge of that. I, I haven't, I haven't really done much as far as proactively sharing this information. I've been creating these, I call it good philo, yeah. good, good philosophy. I've been, been sharing little stories here and there. We've got monthly newsletters that we do at our firm and I always have some sort of nugget in there. Yeah. Um, and then just any opportunity I can get to speak and share this with people yeah. um, in business settings 
to bring the heart and the the part of the human back into the picture of business with intentionality. That's so cool. I mean, I, I, I love what you're saying because, you know, kind of before we started this, we were talking about that where a lot of businesses don't see that and they're leading with, you know, leading with profits rather than, right. you know, leading with people and kind of doing it the bat, you know, the opposite way. And you're, you're effectively reverse engineering that. Right, right. That profits are the side effect or the outcome of yeah. good energy that we put into the world. And that everything functions that way. Everything, like everything has an opposite and equal reaction. Sure. So if I go out into the world with the desire to drive profits and that's my motivator and my decision factor, yeah. I'm going to hurt other people in that process sure. potentially because I care about the profit versus Instead, I'm focusing on building a business where we have partnerships, yep. where we have win-win-wins all across the table. And if we don't have a win, we have to adjust the way we're going to do it because sure. we don't want to be a part of something where we're not all winning. So if you go out and you focus on those win-win-wins, you're focusing on putting out good energy into the world. Or in other words, opposite and equal reaction mm -hmm. being profits are going to be a side effect of that focused, intentional energy. Totally. I, I, man, what you're talking about, I, I think in the business community, I mean, you know, in Boise and, and at large, I, I, I think you, I think you're really onto something here. I, and I think people will be really perceptive to it. And, and sitting here talking with you about this, like, I think that people will love this. Cool. Like, I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, why, who, right. who, who would not like that? Who doesn't want Jim to come speak to their firm or at their, you know, Rotary Club or whatever about this <laughs> stuff? Like, call Jim, have him do that. Cause, cause this is some powerful, cool stuff. So yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, you know, like I said, you, you've you've compiled and you have all this stuff now. Now, what to do with it? Like, I, I'm excited to start. You know, I'm, I'm a huge social media guy, and you know, I love you know consuming content. Uh -huh. You know, all the stuff I find on Twitter, blog stuff, you know, other podcasts. Like, I love consuming that stuff because because that's how you know it's kind of you know as as you know just like you man as, as a busy guy with you know a family and and work and a company I'm trying to run and all that stuff like time is sort of a premium. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like reading short blog posts. I like listening to podcasts when I drive or when I'm at the gym or whatever. So I'm really, really looking forward to being able to consume way more of, the, of this stuff you're talking about. <laughs> now I just need to figure out how to do that. Yeah, well. Next step. Yeah, step step two, totally. No, I'm, and like I said, man, I'm, I'm all about helping you do that. So and you said you, said you already have spoken to some groups. What, what groups around town have you been talking to about this stuff? Um, like I, I did a presentation to Meridian Business Days. I've done a presentation called EO Talks. Yep. Um, I did another one, a keynote for a, a, a thing that was out at Sensi for the Chamber of Commerce. Awesome. Um, so anywhere where I can get my foot in the door for yeah. somebody to that, that makes sense for them to want to share a message of purpose, a message uh, that may be a little different than, than what you typically hear yeah. out there, my eyes and ears have just been open and I'm waiting for the world to flow that into my Manifesting life. that destiny, that's man. That's right. Love it. That's, that's so cool. So along those lines, so you know, we, you know, we kind of you know, we talked about architecting your life and, and really how that's impacted your firm. What, with, with New Design, where do you think, like what is the next you know, three to five years gonna bring for New Design? Like what's the, ne what's the next kind of frontier? We've been, we've been blessed with excellent mm -hmm. growth, with the, the correct people to come onto our team, the correct clients to walk in our door. Yep. And I foresee that continuing. Um, and that probably just ties to my deeper core philosophy, which is impacting as many lives as I can in a positive way. Sure. So I can see this company continuing on the trajectory of anywhere from 15 to 30% growth annually is what we've That's experienced. Awesome. Yeah. 
um, which is pretty big growth in a business. Absolutely. Um, well, and the bigger you get, that 15% is a lot more than it was three years ago. It is. <laughs> and, and we are just spent this last year with a lot of energy and effort building our systems so that we can structure ourselves as a larger firm because it's not the same once you're totally. once you're over 30 folks. It's you need a different structure. Yeah. So now that we've got that in place, we're 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 now using this year as our clear vision, our 2020 awesome. Awesome. ahead. And so, so you guys, I mean, you're, I mean, you guys do projects all over the country. Yep. Right. I mean, coast to coast, you yep. with, with modular stuff and, and otherwise. Mm-hmm. And and everything you do currently is operated out of out of Meridian, Idaho. Yeah. Are, are, are you looking at you know opening an office in Miami Beach or somewhere cool or? Well, we, we do. We have a lot of work on the East Coast. We have a lot of flights that are, that go all across the country. So we are considering what we can do to be able to spread ourselves um, yeah. out onto that East Coast side a little bit better. Nice. Um, we do a lot of work in California, and you know you say Meridian, Idaho. What a blessing it is that we're in Meridian, Idaho, <laughs> which is a beautiful place to live and mm-hmm. work and play, just like the city touts. Absolutely. But it's a also a beautiful place to manage a, a nationwide business from, Absolutely. because we have a much more cost-effective uh, rate of living, uh, much more cost-effective rates that we can go out and compete in some of these other urban markets. And yeah, we're from Meridian, Idaho, but we're doing hundreds of thousands of square feet buildings all across this country. Absolutely. Totally. I mean, j- just like us, we talk about that all the time where, you know, we get to live in Boise, you know, live the Boise lifestyle that, yeah. that, that we love, be, you know, this national, you know, it, it seems crazy for me to even say it, that we're, you know, a national presence, but I know we are, uh-huh. but, and, and we get in, in, like I said, we can compete so hard on everything because we can charge Boise rates for downtown LA projects. Right. Which those downtown LA architects, you know, landscape architects, they can't compete with what we're trying to do for for a lot for a lot of reasons. And, and you know, and we don't we definitely don't go to market on price ever. That's not how we, you know, market ourselves. Right. But but when we're you know competing against those big national companies, you know, with offices in downtown Los Angeles, that I know that their lease rate is five times what ours is <laughs> like we can charge a little more than maybe we would in Boise and still be way 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 competitive win 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 totally, right totally. that's that's the goal Absolutely. and you're bringing a different perspective because you're not For the sure. same old same old exactly. if you're doing work around the country we get this opportunity to bring a different flavor into these markets that wouldn't have existed if it weren't totally and it's so and, and you guys probably experience this too where you know, we you know we you know go to these other markets that we're working in, and like I said, then they're so excited for this different perspective on yeah. stuff, which is so crazy because it's we're just kind of doing what we do, yeah. and 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 there's you know there's you know people that we work with across the country that love what we have to say, but it, people in Boise because they know us, they don't really want to hear what we have to say because <laughs> we already know them, you know. So it's perspective <laughs> on that is is super funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So maybe maybe an office on the East Coast. Maybe an office in California. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I know for us the really the big limiting factor to that is is the people. You know, we we, we have a big client in 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 Florida who who wants us there, uh-huh. and we're having a hard. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. And Tabitha, if you're listening, we're gonna make it happen. But we're having a hard time doing that because of of the people. Like we don't really know anybody in Florida, uh-huh. and that's a long ways away. And so to just you know put a you know, and an add on Indeed or whatever and try to hire somebody and nobody from, you know, because we like living in Boise, nobody from here super wants to go live in Florida. Uh-huh. So it's, it comes down to the people. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm sure that's the same thing for you guys. Same thing for us. And, and it, it ties to another one of the, the philosophies that I'm very adamant about. And that's that we have the ability to force our way through this world. We can be smart enough. We can manipulate systems well enough. We mm-hmm. do have that power as humans. Not ultimate power, because there's yeah. just way too many pieces and parts of an equation that life throws at us. Um, Or we have the ability to just choose flow and purpose and to say, 
you know what, I have a goal of I want an office in Florida, but I need the right person. Yep. And you put that out into the universe as a thought, and you let that you let that settle. You let that kind of uh, the opportunity. You're you're a ten hour up, right? So now you're thinking about it. Absolutely. And you could go and force a, a hire, and totally, maybe totally. they're not the right yeah, one. Yeah, it but might work. It might enough. not. It probably wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Or you can sit back and say, you know what, the right answer is going to come. Totally. And we just like the most tangible uh, situation like that just happened at our firm. Mm. We are in two separate office spaces in downtown Meridian, yeah. and that's been painful. It's created a divide. It's been um, different rents, you know, rents that aren't going to a building that we own and things of that nature. Yeah. So so we were on an eight-month search of trying to find the right piece of ground, the right building to buy, yep. um, insistent that we stayed in downtown Meridian. Cool. Couldn't find it until one day I get a phone call from the mayor's office, hey, your neighbor's looking to sell her building. And now New Design's the proud owners of the former 127 Club. That's awesome. Which shares a property line with our building. Yep. So we could have forced other answers. <laughs> totally. But instead, all we have to do is poke a hole in the wall and yep. renovate the interior of that building, and there's the square footage that we need that'll allow our company to continue to grow. Dude, that's perfect. Uh, it's been, it's been, man, a decade, if not more, since I've been in the 127 Club. <laughs> is, is there some uh, substantial work that's going to have to happen? Uh, yeah, you're, you're talking a complete tear out to... I remember it being pretty kind of a smoky, dark hole yeah, in there yeah. that I would imagine you guys probably wouldn't, don't want to be living in there with it like that. It, it was... It, the smoke smell is, is pretty strong. Is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we'll, we'll remodel, remodel pull yeah. everything out, awesome. put new systems in, and it's going to be a perfect fit for us. Dude, that's so cool. I, I, I didn't know that you guys had, had bought that space. That's super cool. When, where, like, where are you guys on the process now? Um, we're, we've got plans in. Yeah, we're, we're nice. working on that right nice. now. Nice. So, so when, when are you guys hoping to be, be all the way moved in? Um, I'm hoping June that we would be moved in. Nice. Dude, it's almost February. That's, I know. That's, that's, that's real soon. <laughs> that's soon, yeah. <laughs> that's real fast. But we, we really want to be all back under one oh, roof. Oh, I bet. That's yeah. Where, I, see, I, I guess I, I didn't realize you guys had two, you had another office space. Yeah, we have about 15 folks that sit down oh, in fuck. another space down oh, the road. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the annex. The annex down the road, yeah. Totally, I can totally the see. The West Wing, East Wing is I what can we totally, call it. I can, like for us, if we had to do something like that, I can totally see like either the cool kids would be down there or that's where we sent like, you know, the, the dunce, you know, everybody, that's the detention room or whatever. I can totally see nobody nobody being on board with it either. Yeah, way. that split is not happy and healthy for the company. No, we got to no. get us back under Well, yeah, and you guys operate so much like us where, you know, I mean, this is one just big, except for this conference room, a big open office that's, where, yep. and, and for us to, you know, try to chop that up and it, it would undermine so much of what we change the culture it totally would right the culture is so important because the culture is why people are choosing to spend their their life their yeah. life's time yeah, absolutely. their most valuable commodity they're here because they like this culture Ab absolutely absolutely and yeah yeah every once in a while for us it comes up that yeah we need, we need like some parts you know because i mean you guys probably deal with it too where everybody like literally everybody would be on the phone at the same time yeah, and everybody's kind of yelling over each other and it, 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 <laughs> it gets really loud and kind of you know annoying and i mean i'll, I'll be sitting here on the phone and like somebody like i'll be talking to you know an engineer or somebody be like dude are you in a bar right now <laughs> like no i'm actually not like i'm close to some but i'm i'm in the office and, and yeah, so we talk about sometimes, you know, putting up some, you know, kind of partition walls uh -huh. or doing like cubicles or whatever. And then, you know, we spend, you know, more time than we should thinking or talking about that stuff. Then inevitably we always come back to, no, no, why would we do that? No, we <laughs> no, no. Like maybe we'll buy like a phone booth and put in there. So, you know, somebody go in there and close the door and have a quiet conversation. I have to go outside if it's raining or whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, I mean, I 
dude, I have a path in those pavers outside. I've probably worn like a path in there for because I'll because I'm typically the loudest one on the phone, so I'll usually go excuse myself and go, you know, because I just talk on my on my cell phone. I'm usually not on like the office phone, uh-huh. so I just go pacing around outside. Uh-huh. But, but I'm sure you guys do the we do, do the too. Same thing. A lot yeah. of people standing outside our door, so we're actually putting in. <laughs> we're calling them phone booths, but they're nice. just little rooms that are going to be well sound. Uh, nice. protected and that's awesome that way people have space space cool. to go how like how 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 big are you gonna make those do you think um well we're gonna do a couple different sized ones so cool. one's gonna fit two people um oh, and then two other are gonna smart. fit one people and then we have uh three other conference rooms above, above oh. that for people to dude use. i can't wait see we, we, yeah we've been we're getting way off in the weeds talking about <laughs> something that we never even thought we would talk about today but but like doing something like that is something that we've talked about doing forever. I, I when you guys get those done, I want to come see those. Absolutely, so bad because we very well may have you design those for us because we we need something like that. Yeah, and you know we're we're landscape guys. Like we don't like building stuff. Like we can kind of figure stuff out and throw some furniture up. But uh-huh. I mean, we need you guys' help to help us figure that stuff out. Yeah. Well, you're gonna see it soon. Perfect. I can't wait to see it soon. Okay. So I think we're uh, we're about out of time here, man. Awesome. Um, yeah. So if anybody wants to book Jim as a speaker or is looking for a talented landscape architect to let everybody know how they can find you, where they can find you. So, uh, newdesignarch.com, and it's N-E-U. And that U is because we are dedicated to all of you associated to that process. It's the partnership. So, newdesignarch.com, or just, I mean, my cell phone, 208-546-2824. Text, email, whatever. Perfect. Jim Escobar, everybody. Jim, thanks, man. Thank you, Christian. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jim Escobar of New Design Architecture in Radiant, Idaho. I know I sure did. I'm uh, after speaking with Jim. I'm definitely motivated to do some different things here at Stackout Group, um, and, and 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 really make sure we're living our values, like uh, you know, like we talked about. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you liked it, like, share it, tell your friends. Um, follow me on social media at Christian Heiner, K R I S J A N H I N E R on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to come on here and do an episode of Christian Radio with me, let me know. And uh, if you have questions, give me a shout. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.